Driving it home With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez From global conflicts to greenhouse gases The folks refusing to wear masks says And politicians getting caught grabbing asses says She's driving it home with Patty Vasquez Hello! How are you guys doing? It's Monday. It's like I'm walking on stage at a comedy club. How's everyone doing today? Anyone celebrating anything? Uh, man, what a uh, what an interesting weekend. Uh, I, uh, I hope that you're happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are right now. And I, I want to continue some of the conversation of city politics that Joan was having. Of course, talking to candidates who are running for aldermanic seats there in the runoff. And, of course, she talked to uh, Paul Vallis. Uh, and uh, I want to I get your, your thoughts on that because I'm, I'm going to go through some of the texts and see what uh, where f- folks were kind of uh, chiming in. Um, because I, I'm getting the sense, and, and it's not unexpected, that both Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson are, you know, trying to, you know, sort of walk back some of the things they might have either said previously or done previously, um, whether it's Twitter accounts or language about uh, groups of people, uh, whether it's... I I talked to somebody over the weekend, and it really is, uh, does seem to be the framing that people are putting on this, that it's cops against teachers. I I don't... It just... It makes me uncomfortable. Um, I... It's just such a weird place to be in the city. Uh, and, I, of course, people are also uh, in ways talking about um, a white uh, candidate against a black candidate in one of the most segregated cities in the uh, country. And where will that fall? And, and depending on uh, how you look at the numbers, uh, how uh, Vallis did on the northwest side and the southwest side and along the lakefront, uh, how the other candidates, including Brandon Johnson, did in uh, communities that are uh, primarily uh, – filled with people of color, in particular black communities. I know that Lori Lightfoot did pretty well. Lori Lightfoot did pretty well in black communities. Uh, I believe that Chewy did obviously strong numbers in Latino communities, but those numbers were not high. Uh, unfortunately, we tend to vote in lower numbers. And I, I know someone asked me, how do we get more Latinos to register to vote? And uh, I, I, it's a great question. Um, you know, a lot of times campaigns, they target people who have previously voted. So we're not going to the doors of people who have not voted in the last several primaries. So essentially, I don't know that there are big campaigns out there to go door to door specifically to register Latino voters. And I would imagine that's got to be uh, a priority for some groups. So let me know what your thoughts were on the conversation that Joan had with Paul Vallis uh, during their conversation or any of the other uh, races that you're looking at in the city. We've got a lot to talk about today, and I'm excited uh, to hang out with you guys. Um, it is, of course, uh, it, was, it was a nice and temperate day. We did not have that uh, big snowstorm on th- Friday, so I, I hope that you didn't uh, stock up too much or uh, have too many. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you guys stock up. We stock up with uh, whenever we know there's going to be a big snowstorm, we make a huge pot of chili. And uh, so Thursday night, I made a huge pot of chili, and there was no snow, and uh, we still enjoyed it. That's uh, the extent of our prep. Uh, you know, maybe put out some salt in the event that there was going to be some some frozen slush on the ground. Uh, but it turned out to be okay and a fairly tempered weekend today. It's in the what fifty degrees. It was in the forties yesterday. 
I will take it. Um, I know it's going to the temperatures are going to drop a little bit, but uh, I am curious to see one of the things that struck me uh, in the conversation with uh, with Paul Vallis was that, uh, and he has said this several times that he helped negotiate the contract and he for the police department and he did it for free. And I I haven't heard anybody else ask this, but if you do something that you're saying is for free, and then you get the endorsement of one of the most powerful unions in the city of Chicago. Is that really free? I'm just curious if anybody else, if that if that kind of uh, it makes sense to folks, if, if you've thought of that previously or if that makes uh, any sense or am I just I'm just curious about that. I'm just I'm just wondering. And uh, and as far as, you know, that conversation, you know, I know several police officers have told me that they are not that they do not trust uh, Brandon Johnson because of his uh, language that he has used previously um, talking about cutting budgets for the police department. Uh, so there's a, you know. <laughs> and I heard Paul say that he wanted to make sure the record was straight on how many charter schools were opened uh, at the time that he was working with the CPS in contrast to Arnie Duncan, that there, I believe he said there's over 150 and that he's responsible for 15. He talked a lot about how the schools that he has been involved with opening as far as charter schools were kids that uh, were removed from other schools for behavioral issues and things like that. And one of the things that I would like to ask him then is because uh, my son... I guess you would call it a, similarly a charter school. Declan has to go to what's called a therapeutic day school. Uh, there is no program at all in the city of Chicago that is adequate for kids, for students like Declan. And that has been the case since he was nine years old. There was a great program at Beard Elementary School on the northwest side where they have an extraordinary, or at least at the time, they had an extraordinary program for children who have autism or uh, the or benefit from the same sort of structure as children who uh, require autism therapies, whether it's uh, applied behavioral analysis, speech therapy, developmental therapy, um, and they, but they only uh, have that program from three years old, they do pre-K through third grade, and they don't, you have to, like at nine, nine or third grade, uh, it's considered the same, even though these kids, you would not necessarily say, oh, they're third grade and, and doing the things that uh, what I guess they would call a typically developing child would be mastering by the age of nine for con- for context. Uh, Declan is 17 years old and still works with, it, with what they call hand over hand to match shapes and to match letters at 17 years old. Uh, a pro- it's a program that helps give him structure, you know, kids like Declan, uh, they try to, we keep trying to find different paths to help him overcome whatever barriers he has to learning. Declan uh, is missing a tiny piece of his brain and his ability to learn kind of fluctuates. Uh, there'll be times when he, he masters something and then he just, for whatever reason, he's like, yeah, I did that. I'm done do- tr- showing you that I can do it. But, uh, but Beard Elementary School did a great job with kids like Declan and there is no other program that continues that program, that that sort of uh, curriculum for kids uh, that would benefit from it, and it and. I fought for for over a year and a half. Uh, I worked with people in Springfield to expand Beard to at least sixth grade to, you know, for, so parents are sort of have um, their legs under them moving on to the next phase. We uh, we were unsuccessful in that. And as a matter of fact, uh, I ended up in a situation where I was um, in, a, in a room with uh, people who basically told me to stop rocking the boat or they would put Declan in a program that was inadequate for him. And I just don't know why. 
why we talk about all these charter schools. Uh, and and Paul Vallis said that he thinks that we we you know we need to be strengthening community schools, and I agree. And that should include having autism centers and programs that benefit kids who need IEPs uh, instead of sending them to the suburbs. We parents like me send our kids uh, like to places like Lyle and uh, just suburbs that are way far away. Declan has to ride about. 40 minutes to an hour in each direction. Um, and uh, I just don't see how, why we're not investing in those schools because Paul was talking about how kids who don't fit in other programs behaviorally or have some issues. And uh, those are the types of schools he said he opened. And I don't, I don't know why uh, CPS has not done a better job by the kids who, who, who live, who learn differently. They call them divergent le- learners. Diver, div, diversive? Div, I, there was, there's always different language uh, that they use. Diverse learners, I believe, is is the uh, the terminology that they use now in CPS. Um, and they, there is there simply isn't a like. For example, we went to go look at some CPS schools, and, and when I mean that the people that were in charge at the time of the uh, the diverse learners program back in I want to say if Declan was eight, it would have been. Um, in 2000, about 10 years ago, in 2013, uh, it, I assure you, uh, all of us were in the room. My son Griffin was there, Declan was there, Steve and me. And uh, we were basically told, if you don't stop uh, making complaints and saying that uh, this program should be expanded, we will make sure that your child goes to uh, this one program they told us about. And I don't want to tell you which school because it's not, it's not uh, necessary for the story. Um, but it's a program that has had issues in the past where uh, a student with autism was bitten by his teacher. <sighs> one kid had their hands uh, uh, duct taped to their desk because they were uh, too hyperactive. And uh, and it was a way to terrorize us and, and to bully us into shutting up. And uh, one program we went to, because, you know, Declan doesn't speak, but I never give up hope that, that uh, you know, we can't find a way to help him strengthen the muscles in his mouth and his jaw and his tongue and things like that because he has hypotonia secondary to other things. And so I asked one of the teachers at a program that uh, we were visiting and uh, and I said, so do you guys, what do you guys do in terms of helping kids, you know, develop speech and, and developing the muscles? And she said, well, we teach them how to wipe the drill from their mouths. Yeah, that wasn't my question. So that, that's something I would like to know from both, both uh, candidates, of course, Brandon Johnson and, uh, and Paul Vallis. Uh, what are their intentions for programs? Because a lot of times they mostly talk about accessibility and, uh, and, and look, it, it, the kind of talent and resources that went into the program that Declan was in from the age of three to nine uh, was amazing. And why they take that, uh, everything that those kids developed, uh, everything that was invested in them, and then just scattered them to the wind. Because uh, every parent I know has had issues with the programs they've gone, whether it's out in Northbrook or out in Lyle or out in Lockport. Uh, and th- and those are CPS kids that have to go all the way out there. So I want to know what, th- what the, the candidates have in mind when it comes to those programs. Let's take a break here. And, uh, and oh, your phone calls are coming in. We're going to talk to Jim and Roosevelt in a moment. We come back on, seven, on WCPT. You can give us a call or text at 773-763-9278. Want to thank our sponsors, of course, Minocqua Brewing. You can go to the Patty Vasquez show page, the Patty V show page, and right there pinned at the top, you'll see the Chicagoland locations where you can pick up a progressive brew from Minocqua Brewing Company. And um, we are excited about his new products, including his woke 
caffeinated beverages, non-alcoholic, and a new wine label with choice. So you can now you got choice seltzer, got your choice Kolsch, and you got, you're going to have your choice wine as well, all supporting uh, Planned Parenthood and Personal Pack and organizations that are helping women have access to the full range of health care services. We also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. That's Kids Above All. You can go to kidsaboveall.org and support the work that they do to make sure that kids reach their potential. And we want to thank Warren Price from European and U.S. Car Service. You can go to europeanandus.com and uh, make sure you're aware of the kind of work that they do in the case that you might need their services to uh, fix up your car in the case of a fender bender or something's going wrong. And if he can't help you, he will point you in the right direction. Make sure you tell him that Patty sent you. And this week, uh, we want you to listen uh, every day this week for your chance to win a Sam's Famous Salsa Prize Package. Sam is shipping five lucky Driving at Home listeners a variety six-pack of salsa and chips, along with Sam's famous salsa canvas bag and sunglasses. Make your March Madness a slam dunk when you order the freshest tasting low-sodium salsa on the planet by visiting Sam's Famous Salsa. And uh, you always, you know when there's a, a picture of a fresh tomatillo, uh, you can't go wrong with that. So go to Sam's Famous Salsa dot com and find out about that. But every single day this week, should I make people text tomatillo? I'm going to make you do that. That's going to be uh, that's going to be your for t- for today's uh, prize. You have to text Domotio. You can make it the spelling. I will t- I will accept uh, incorrect spellings as well for your chance to win a uh, gift package of uh, salsa and chips. And we're going to talk to Sam tomorrow and find out why he's also Sushi Sam. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I knew it was going to be interesting to look back at some of the texts that uh, Joan was getting while she was interviewing uh, Paul Vallis. And uh, I'm going to read some of these. However, I do want to say that... uh, um, I've been talking to a lot of Dems over the weekend, and uh, and th- it looks like we are. I mean, we're pretty divided when it comes to uh, who the candidate is, uh, who the candidates are, regardless of some of the things. I know the concerns that folks have on the tech screen. Uh, I'm I'm reading it, and uh, I, I'm. Let's see what you guys think. Let's go to Roosevelt. Roosevelt, what's on your mind, my friend? Patty, Patty, thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Yes. You must must be a a mind reader because it's exactly what I wanted to talk about. And you took the top of the show to mention that. Now, did you hear the question that Joan gave him about the social media? Yes. In your opinion, do you think he answered that question? I think he he didn't answer it. Well, you know what? Well, can I ask you a question? What was uh, what was the context of the the, the social well, media post that I you're mean, concerned about? Go ahead. I can't. Here's See? the thing. I don't remember word for yeah. word what Joan said. Right. But it's some some the issue was, you know, you have you've gotten flack from from your post and your likes on 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 your social media, and he said that it wasn't him. In other words, he didn't take responsibility for what. Supposedly, I, I'm, and maybe I'm mistaken. Didn't he say that he was uh, uh, more a Republican than a Democrat, or that he was a Republican? 
in 2000, I want to say it was around 2009, there was a video, and I'm sure that it will be in commercials, where he said that he didn't think he was a Democrat anymore, and he was most likely going to be voting Republican more because he just he didn't identify with what Democrats were doing. It was my sense of that interview. Yes. So isn't that a part of social media? Well, it's just a part of media, but yes. I mean... Yeah, okay, okay. So that that's one. Two... Didn't he welcome, or am I mistaken, didn't he welcome John Kenneth Ferris' support from the Fraternal Order of Police? Yes. Not only that, I would I would contend that he's been courting it since the end of the last mayoral election, I would say. Okay. All right. Fair. Fair. Okay. Now, so why, not, why didn't he... Well, you can't answer that for him. But how come he didn't take responsibility? And that's my point. And I keep on harping on this. Why has he had so many jobs? Why doesn't he? When you when you have a job, you get recommendations. Where where are the where are the uh, where are the articles on papers or anything from the cities he's worked where he's done a fantastic job or a fair job or a good job? How come he doesn't mention that? I mean, he's been he, right there to me. It's suspect because you're jumping from from city to city. Uh, to me, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I got it all wrong. I feel like he has. I, I think he has. It's it, that was something that came up during the forum uh, that we had for WCPT at Morningstar. Remember, uh, I, I believe he was saying that he had had successes. Mayor Lightfoot was saying that I've talked to the mayors of other places, and that's not their recollection. Uh, right. So you're saying, you know, where is Mayor? It has Mayor Daly, who he worked with. I don't know how much weight that would carry for folks. If, right, right. If Mayor Daly or the other cities and organizations he's worked for, I mean, would, would that carry weight for you if they if they came out and said, oh, yeah, he did a great job for us or the whole. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, if you own a business, you got to hire people. Don't, don't you, doesn't it look favorable for the people that you hire if they have a recommendation or they have a support of the boss that they work for? I mean, that's the point. The boss is the mayor. So where's all these, maybe I'm not saying the right word, recommendations, but where are these fantastic things that he did for these cities like Philadelphia, New Orleans? Chicago. Wasn't there another city that he worked for out east? Maybe I'm wrong about that one. I, I, yeah, but, but, go ahead. Yeah, but that's my point. Where's your and then why have you had so many jobs? Did you quit or did they got fired you? Did you do a good job? There's something. I'm not saying I want to. I don't want to talk negative or positive. But but at the same token, where's all these things that you've done? Right. Well, and that's a, a texter just a texter just texted. They said Vallis does have a dodgy record. Um, so, I mean, I think that that obviously that's a lot. My point. Mm-hmm. That's my point. So, that, that, it, 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 there's an old saying in Spanish that says, I, I got to enterrado. I mean, it doesn't translate right in English, but there's a, there's a cat, there's a cage cat. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm translating literally. But there's, there's a cage cat here, meaning there's, there's something that, that we don't know. I, I'm, I'm just guessing because you haven't said anything. And you, the logical thing, if you're running for a mayor, especially a high position like a mayor of a big city, the third city in, in, in the United States, don't you want to say, hey, here's what I did, guys. Nothing, not a word. I feel like he has. I, I, I would, I'm not going to say that he has not. I, I can't uh, agree okay. nor disagree. How's right. that? Yes. Yeah, okay. So. But but that, but that's my point. Prove me wrong, and, and you know. So that's one of the questions I've always had. 
And this chumminess with uh, Kenneth Sarah, I don't like that at all. And here's a, someone just sent, someone just sent us a uh, and this was this has been reported a few times during the campaign too. Um, when Paul, I don't know if you know that he also did an interview with uh, Jeannie Ives. I think there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of. Uh, conversations he's had that he's shared his insight. And here he said, uh, when you introduce a curriculum that is not only divisive, but a curriculum that further undermines the relationship of children with their parents, with their families, that's a dangerous thing. And for white parents, I mean, how are you going to discipline your child when your child comes home and your child has basically been told, you know, that their generation, their race, their parents, their grandparents, they have discriminated against others and they somehow uh, victimize another person's race. And that's problematic. Uh, that was uh, in 2021. He said that to uh, wire points. So um, that's also out there. I think a lot of those. And again, that's why I'm wondering. Um, a lot of Democrats still are, you know, what I'm seeing is a lot of Democrats who want to look beyond that, I guess, and are looking at what they think would be a different direction for the city of Chicago. Um, other Democrats, uh, are, you know, obviously want Brandon Johnson uh, as, uh, you know, reflective of investing in communities. I think there are a lot of concerns about his uh, his announce his. Uh, statements that he would uh, cut the budget of the police department. So there's, there's, I think there's things for people to obviously uh, pull apart from both of these campaigns and uh, I guess aside from what's left, what appeals to you, right? Sure, well, here's the thing. Am I, am it, I trying, it, hey, it, hey, Paul, am I, am I saying balance? I'm, <laughs> I'm threading the needle right now, aren't I? I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm no, trying, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're doing a fantastic job, but, but here's, my, my, here's one thing. You mentioned something that I didn't know. You said that he was he was interviewed by Jeannie Ives. Yes. Okay, I know. And who is he? But the, see, you didn't say the other part. Who is Jeannie Ives? Yes. A total Trump supporter. Who is Jeannie Ives? Who did she go against? She went against. Uh, she almost went against. Uh, she did run against uh, Rauner in the uh, primary. She lost in the primary right, to Rauner. Right, yes. Right. So she was worse than Rauner. Mm. Am I correct? You are correct in that. All right, then. So then what, what would make Jeannie Ives a stone, like we always said it in, uh, in the back in the neighborhood, in the Mexican neighborhood, a stone right-wing Republican interview Paul Vallis? You see what I'm saying? I will what, say what this. Would make somebody... I- the the desire to the desire to be successful in a campaign, finding all those avenues to uh, elevate your message in whatever form that takes. Uh, believe me, having run for office in this neighborhood, uh, I had meetings that I probably would not otherwise. You know, trying to find that uh, that base, the you know their followers, that kind of thing. So, yes, I uh, I, I that, that's it, it, strategy. It comes in all shapes and forms. I agree with you there. I agree yeah. with you there. But maybe I'm taking it too far. I just, I, you, you know, are fired up. <laughs> I, got a thing, I, I got a thing against this guy because I had a conversation with a three way conversation with me, him, and, and Joan. I mentioned this before. And he wanted to reopen those schools when, in the height of COVID. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't let that go. And nobody's asked him. Nobody has asked him if there's a normal pandemic, or more than likely there will be. What are oh, you going to do? That's a good. Open up the school. I got to write that down. That's a, that is a good question. Yeah, what's the plan yeah, next yeah, time? Yes, question. not not what will you would not what would you have done differently? What will you do should it happen again? That's a good question. Exactly. Exactly. So there, Excellent. I'm not going to pick up on any more time. I already <laughs> did it. So Thank you, Roosevelt. Have, of course, I'm glad you got that off your chest. Very passionate. Everyone's passionate about this race. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? 
Uh, hi, Terry. It's an honor uh, uh, speaking after President Roosevelt. It's always an honor. <laughs> uh, I was going to say the ERA is on my brain for a week now because it's Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. And I'm going back to the 1900s, 1910, women who were on hunger strikes, thrown into prison. Yeah. Uh, all over the country trying to get the vote, trying desperately. Washington State was the first to state. They're still the most progressive state in the, in the union. But anyway, now you've got the ERA, and the ERA's got 38 states. I don't know. All I know is this. Lindsey Graham was asked about it. He goes, well, if that happens, the pro, uh, pro-lifers will be in trouble because then the women will be able to call the shots on their own body. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's the whole conclusion, isn't it? And not only that, but it has to be passed eventually. We, we have two things that have to be passed. The ERA has to be passed because it's rudimentary to a democracy that all women can determine their fate on this country and their wages, etc., ad infinitum. And the other one is voting, of course, because it's a democracy, and the more people that vote, the better result you get. You know, if you lose, you lose. If you win, you win. It's that's tough, you know. But uh, anyway, ERA is just paramount in my mind. It, it has to be passed. Uh, when I think about the poor one who had to work for less wages and uh, domicile work, remember I was watching the wealthy women in the 1910s, 1920s, the Gilded Age, and they were saying, well, we don't want the women to get the vote because our real place is in the home and let the men, you know, tough it out in the marketplace and tough it out in the voting booths, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Of course, that, that, that was, but that group was a money group that were running the show, you know. Right. And, 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 uh, but those, you know what I mean? ERA has to be passed. I don't know how we could do it. I'm going to get one and wear it around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here, I will, uh, I'll do my best to bring on, uh, former representative, uh, Stephen Anderson, who, uh, is a Republican who helped get the ERA passed here as well as in Utah, of all places. And I believe Virginia or West Virginia. Yeah. He's been, uh, he's the ERA Sherpa. Yeah, and dear God in heaven, I think it's a, I think it's a bipartisan. What woman would be against it? I don't no. know why a woman would be against it. Yeah. I mean, some of them are because they feel that they, their place is in the home, the Phyllis Shapley business. But that's been dead since 1980. Let's face it, this is a two paycheck. I know. I know. Uh, she, she, I mean, she, nobody, nobody can stay home on one paycheck. You're not, you're, no. you know what I mean? Maybe you want to have any fun. You got you need two paychecks. Anyway, Patty, yes, I appreciate that. Of you course. are good name. Thanks, Patty. Right, Thank take you, care. Sir. Take care, Jim. Thanks. Let's take a break here. And when we come back, I'm very excited to welcome to our studio a candidate for Alderman. Uh I'm we oh, he's coming in right now. <laughs> Guido Nardini is gonna join us in studio and uh he's running to be the sixth ward alderman. Uh I'm trying to find it's uh where where is it, Guido? And Elmhurst. Excellent. We'll check in with Guido when we come back in just a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 
the show before, there are races all over the uh, Chicagoland area. Now we've got our friend Rick, Rick Geezer, who's running for the uh, mayor of Carroll Stream. We've got our uh, friend uh, Mr. Huditz, Frank Huditz, who's uh, Huditz, right? Who's running? Who's running for councilman? Oh, uh, uh, over by there in yeah, neither one of us remember Jerry in Wheaton. And today I'm thrilled to bring in a guest because you know I often I'm a little Chicago centric. Uh, I don't think anyone's surprised by that. I also tend to be Northwest Side centric. Uh, so try, we're trying to expand our horizons. And I have a friend named us. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I have Scott at six, don't I? Wait, is today Monday? Yes. Oh, I should probably message him and see if we're doing that. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I'll message him because he said, hey, my friend Guido Nardini is running for alderman of the sixth ward in Elmhurst. And I'm excited to welcome you in studio. Hey, Guido, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. I, uh, I, uh, in grade school, do you, in grade school, I had a, a, a classmate named Guido, um, and we speculated last week on the air that all Guidos know each other. Is there a, like a club for you guys? Yes, uh, <laughs> there are not too many people with the first name Guido, and uh, running for alderman, it was pretty great to be able to finally take advantage of my first name. And yes. You don't really need to have much on a campaign sign beyond Team Guido. <laughs> I love it. Where did you grow up, my friend? I grew up in Elmhurst, but uh, actually I just, well, not just, but seven years ago I moved back from the northwest side. Uh So this is uh, my old hood, uh, briefly. Uh, Shout out to Georgia Gale Street and uh, a whole bunch of trouble that I've gotten into in this uh, northwest side. I was a Mayfair guy for seven years. But I grew up in Elmhurst and uh, moved back um, seven years ago to raise my boys in the town I grew up in. And uh, and how old are your boys, by the way? Uh, a freshman and an eighth grader. And it's my eighth grader's birthday today. Hey! Happy birthday, Enzo. Happy birthday, Enzo. And uh, and I, you sent me a picture of a big pot of uh, soup. Is that part of the birthday celebration? That was uh, like, if I leave a messy kitchen, uh-huh. I can make my wife hate me less if there's a whole bunch of homemade soup. <laughs> so we had some leftover kale, mm-hmm. and uh, there was the... Elmhurst uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade, and uh, I didn't really know how to throw a parade. I've never done it before, so I just fell back on the sort of Italian roots and just threw a party with a whole bunch of meatballs and sausage. So there was a lot of uh, sausage left over, Mm. so I made my wife some soup. Tell us a little bit about the food in your family growing up, because, of course, Club Lago, one of the most beloved Italian restaurants in Chicago, uh, not just because Scott Santa says so, but tell us a little bit about the food, the importance of food in your family. Uh, the Italian food mm-hmm. nexus is, uh, you know, sort of storied, it, it, like uh, when in doubt, you can always find common ground with food and uh we, uh, my son right now is doing his um, passion project. It's something that uh, you research as an eighth grader and then describe in detail. And he's doing different cuisines. And I mean, it's totally got to be, I, I hope anyway, coming from me. But uh-huh. food is always sort of the fallback. Fortunately, what it means when you have an eighth grader cooking every surface in my kitchen is sticky, which is really gross, but <laughs> food is um, kind of intrinsic. Well, and you mentioned that it's a, a great unifier, and it sounds like one of the reasons that you are running for alderman is to help people feel as though there there is unity in your community. Tell us a little bit about what inspired you to run for alderman. Well, I hope 
that anyway. I'd like I'd like to think that. Um, I grew up in Elmhurst, and um, I moved back because we were looking at places to raise our kids, and I realized that all of my memories were great, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to see as in a grown-ass man if I can uh, throw my hat in the ring and try to make Elmhurst as good or better for my boys as it was for me. And it's not an easy easy thing to do, is it, to throw your hat in that ring. What are some of the uh, things that have surprised you about running for alderman? I gotta say, um, really, it's delightfully less contentious than I was uh, concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um Local politics, I mean, we're not building cruise missiles. We're not building abortion clinics. We're just picking up the garbage and making sure uh, development is measured, making sure the streets are paved and plowed Mm -hmm. and that services are for everyone and that the pensions are paid. Um, It's going door to door, asking people the line that I've been using is if you could magically snap your fingers and make something better in Elmhurst, what would it be? And it's, uh, I mean, maybe it sounds like a cliche, but it's remarkable to hear the range of different answers. And uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. The opponent I'm running against, um, she grew up in Elmhurst. Uh, I went to York High School. She went to York High School. Mm-hmm. She's an Elmhurst mom. I'm an Elmhurst dad. Uh, we're far more similar than we are uh, not. Right. And, uh, you know, if I win or if she wins, uh, I don't really think there's going to be a dramatic difference about how the stormwater in Elmhurst remediation gets paid for. I don't think there's going to be a dramatic difference about how uh, development gets handled. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I have a business background that she doesn't. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm running. I'd, I'd like to win. Sure. Uh, but uh, it doesn't feel like it's a charged, electric, political back and forth the way that national politics is. Sure. It's sort of nuts and bolts, local affairs. But beyond the uh, the sort of baseline issues that people have with the storm waters and garbage cans and things like that, there are some issues that can be uh, a little bit charged when it comes. We, we've you know you and I talked a little bit about uh, school boards and what kids can and can't read and and sort of those uh, you know people who are being dis- how about this being disruptive, right? What what are your thoughts when it comes to that kind of aspect of people who are running for office and trying to uh, guide? I guess is the best way to say it, uh, the things that our kids learn in schools. Um, Schools and city council seem to be, right now anyway, very different. The city council seems to be uh, pretty reasonable and and pretty mature. Mm -hmm. Uh, School board, when I moved back seven years ago, it was predominantly for schools, and I really invested myself in the... Uh, Board of Ed meetings, I went almost to every one, and uh, it didn't really feel like Elmhurst. It felt angry. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like uh, it was uh, recently in the COVID era, it felt like there were people who would come, uh, you know how they say, uh, don't read the comments, don't read the comments. <laughs> yeah, never. Well, <laughs> when, when you go to a Board of Ed meeting and it's public comments, that's all it is. Right. And it seemed that there were a lot of people there um, who were angry about COVID, about shutdowns, about masks, right. about Steinbeck not being taught anymore, who's Ta-Nehisi Coates. And uh, they, uh, they would take it out on, like, uh, the Board of Ed volunteers. No, no. They took it out on teachers first. Right. By name, they they oh. uh, there were a bunch of uh, bunch of teachers who were called out by name for teaching Marxism or wow. grooming your kids sexually or being bullied by using pronouns. It just didn't feel like Elmhurst, and it uh, didn't seem like there needed to be the insertion of partisan politics. Right on something that otherwise should be pretty local and pretty matter of fact. Right. Yeah, it is a it's it's startling when uh, people do want to insert that into the conversations and and it, there was a, a lot of energy during the pandemic uh, of sort of being divisive that way. And and are people responding to your message of, you know, I'm trying to I'm doing this for everyone. Uh, I want to make sure that that you know, we preserve sort of the integrity of what we all set out to do when we send our kids to school or uh, want to be reflected in our in our city council. So the response that I've seen uh, in the school board has uh, been energizing, which I, I think is encouraging. There's a, there's a group who I think reacted the way I did to this, uh, I don't know, scared mm -hmm. minority, uh, scared of pronouns, scared of... A narrative that isn't white-centered, scared of non-binary and bathrooms that confuse them. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it. I grew up in this town. This town. I grew up in Elmhurst, <laughs> and uh, I'll be damned if we go. A generation or two generations back just because a bunch of people are angry about having to use they them pronouns right i've, ne I've never understood the uh, the resistance to that of someone just saying here's how i want to be addressed right it's just i i mean i don't understand it i don't need to understand it right I, I'm, I'm straight i don't understand <laughs> uh you know loving a man the way that i love my wife who cares right i, I, I that doesn't seem to have any place in how I get along with my neighbor across right. the street, borrow a cup of sugar from him and yeah. bring him bring him some soup. Right. Um, there's this group of uh, candidates that is uh, really, I think, sort of the way forward um, for the Elmer's Board of Ed. Um, the two Kellys and the incumbents, they're Two women named Kelly Kelly Asif, who's a social worker, uh, masters in ed, and then Dr. Kelly Henry, mm -hmm. who's a pediatrician and a 
professor of pediatricians, and then the two incumbents, uh, Courtney Troutman and Beth Hostler, who uh, my hat goes off to them because they had to go door-to-door a couple of years ago and ask everybody to pay more in taxes because there was a referendum in Elmhurst. That is a thankless job, like no thankless job. Hi, I'm your neighbor. I'd like you to pay more in taxes because they laid out this elaborate plan and Elmhurst has been going through a transition. Uh, But they're, uh, they're reasonable and they're mature. And this other platform, uh, Epic uh, Elmhurst parents for integrity of curriculum. Never mind, it should be curricula, but they're the kind of people who you know don't want to be corrected. But they're kind of um, extreme and politically. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they have an agenda, and they want to impose that on folks. And it's uh, that's why we're talking to to Guido Nardini. You can go to Guido GuidoNardini.com to learn more about his campaign and support his efforts to make sure that we aren't uh, you know reverting back whatever it means to be great again, which means making people invisible apparently. Uh, and we're thrilled to have him in studio. It's uh, we're on Team Guido over here, <laughs> over Love here. Uh, we're gonna continue our conversation when we come back. Also, uh, George Carzas just texted me. He said hashtag Big Fan of. Uh, of the Hi, chef. George, I want some ribs. <laughs> of the chef. Uh, he's a chef politician is what he asked. Let's come back in just a moment with Guido when we return and uh, talk more about his campaign for, to be the sixth, uh, sixth ward alderman of Elmhurst. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are in studio with Guido, Guido Nardini. He's running to be the alderman of the sixth ward of Elmhurst. Uh, we just got a text from someone who asks, "Where do we get? Uh, where can we get Team Guido T-shirts?" I think uh, he had some fans. Uh, it's funny. So the Elmhurst St. Patrick's Day parade was uh, this weekend, and I spent like a quarter of the sum total of our campaign. Uh, contribution so far on t-shirts and then it was supposed to snow and there's supposed to be six inches of snow oh no so i was like terrified it's going to be the first layer of four winter layers Mm -hmm. and uh then ultimately it was sunny and it worked but all of those t-shirts have been spoken for oh Um, no they're uh, i mean you know i suppose i'm missing an opportunity here i should (laughs) well still folks can contribute to your campaign because you mentioned that uh while the aldermanic race is obviously your focus there's this other race going on that has more turmoil going on under the surface or perhaps above the surface with the uh, school board. Is that right? Yeah. The Alderman race um, seems pretty matter of fact compared to uh, uh, the school board stuff. And I think that's, I think, par for the course. I mean, we've seen a lot of crazy stuff across the country, but unfortunately, it seems it's in my hometown, too. I I remember at one of the uh, Board of Ed meetings sitting in the front row thinking if we do this wrong we're going to be on the news like all those other crazies on the news getting in like heated arguments uh at a board of ed meeting a bunch of neighbors a bunch of neighbors disagreeing with one another to the tune of not fisticuffs but really ugly Mm. um but yeah uh there's uh the group that is running right now this epic group have cleaned their 
ACT UP, they, they started to be concerned about Marxism mm-hmm. and pronouns. And now... Oh, no, not pronouns. They've, they've, they started a website that had Hillary Clinton in blackface. Oh, my God. It stayed up forever. And now they've kind of dressed themselves up some. And they're talking about uh, academic rigor and test scores. And they absolutely, I am 100% with them because before COVID and certainly during COVID, there was a a test score drop. And it was around the state. But I don't care about the state. I care about my town. And Mm -hmm. Elmhurst uh, suffered a change in their test scores and they're trafficking on that. But what I think my neighbors need to know is that nobody is campaigning on wanting bad test scores. (laughs) Everybody wants to improve District 205 test scores. And one side wants to improve District 205 test scores, but started out by being afraid about Howard Zinn and Marxism and uh, slavery not being told yeah. in an in a, wow. a white appropriate way, and the other side is concerned about the state academic standards of social emotional learning and making sure that we are engaged with how the state quantifies success of schools. One side wants to burn everything down. The other side wants to move forward. Yeah, as we should be, you know, holding on to this rage that seemed to have not, obviously didn't spontaneously manifest during the pandemic. They're always trying to find different things. I was thinking about this after I heard a speaker at CPAC say that uh, we need to eradicate transgenderism, which is some of the most awful language I've heard. And, and now they're trying to say, well, you know, no, we know what you mean. But they're always fi- generating outrage, whether it's caravans of immigrants. Remember, I mean, like we were we were all going to die from Ebola during. Um, President Obama's, uh, you know, administration. So it's always something else. And now it is, uh, you know, pronouns, word, like you said, words like grooming and uh, the bath. But nobody wants to, nobody sets out in their day wanting to use a public bathroom. It's out of necessity. You're not like, oh, gee. I, and by the way, women are uh, safer in a bathroom than we are out in public. How come nobody ever worries about our safety out and about? Right? I mean, I'm just saying. The, the thought that somebody is trying to convince an audience that teachers are trying to sexually groom their kids is yeah really misguided or or uh or manipulative yes agreed yeah, that's why we're hanging out with Guido Nardini. He's running for alderman of the sixth ward in Elmhurst. Uh, tell folks a little bit about what you you know what you envision. Uh, you mentioned already the baseline. You and the other candidate. You know, everyone should start from yeah. I'll take care of the. You know, when you have your if your basement floods or the branches are down or you need a new garbage can, both of us are going to do that. But where we're coming from is wanting to support our community and make everyone feel in- included, right? Totally, and. Uh I haven't met my opponent. Um, I've seen her on social media. She seems we have a a lot in common. Uh, We live nearby one another. Uh, I like to think that 
I have a little bit of experience uh, in being a small business owner. The thought of dealing with contract negotiations, the thought of dealing with the fire department and the, the police department and all the contracts that the city will have to deal with. Um, I've done that stuff. I mean, I haven't negotiated a contract with the fire department, but uh, I'm familiar with budgets. Right. And um, right now, what's going on in Elmhurst, this is kind of inside baseball, but I mean, I'm running for office in this town. We had a whole bunch of uh, flooding over the last maybe decade, and in large part, a couple exceptions, but in large part, it's solved. Elmhurst rose to the occasion and put a bunch of retention and detention uh Ponds, locations, water catchers, and now the the butcher's bill is here, and we have to figure out how to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the discussion for the city council coming up. And uh, I would argue that finding a way to combine property taxes, which is a third rail, and um, stormwater uh, fees mm-hmm. makes more sense than um, a sales tax. I'm a business owner. The thought of having to pay the thought of having to charge my customers if i own a subway and there's a subway in lombard mm-hmm. and you've got to pay more to get a turkey sandwich at my subway as opposed to the one in lombard that's a that's a loser solution for a flooded basement <laughs> but these were emergency um th- these repairs had to happen mm-hmm. the uh a home if you live in a house where every time it rains you're not sure if your basement's going to be flooded. That that's not a home. That's an anxiety. You you you, you move. Right. You leave that town, and Elmhurst rose to the occasion. They they fixed it. That's great. We are hanging out with uh, Guido Nardini. He's running for alderman of the sixth ward. You can go to guidonardini.com to learn about his campaign. Do you want to hang out and uh, chat with Scott for a few minutes, too? Never heard of him. <laughs> Scott Santos, the uh, political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune, joined us in just a moment. I've got to send his invitation. And uh, we will be right back after this news update and a message from our station. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. We're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Joining us is uh, Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News. I, JK, I, I did get I got a message from our friends at Center Clip, and they're like, hey, we're going to have a minimum of uh, clips that you guys need to be submitting. And so I did one right away. And I, Scott, one of the reasons it takes me so long is I, I like record, I don't, and I, I get... I stumble and I'm like, it takes me half an hour to do 30 seconds or two minutes or whatever. So I, uh, I, I, I did one that has a flub in it and I was going to re-record. I didn't have time because Guido Nardini was already at the station. So I don't know. I, I, I did it with, uh, with, uh, uh, stumbles and all. I don't know why I can't hear him. Hold on. Oh, I gotta do this. Hold on. Go ahead. Yes, Scott. Let me try that. No. Uh, hold on. I got it. No, not that. Hold on. This one. Scott. Nope, I can't hear him. I need some help to hear Scott. I don't know why I can't hear him. All the buttons look right. Hold on. Let's try. Nope, I don't know. But if anyone could find Matt, uh, Guido, we're trying to get uh, Scott on the line, but I can't. Uh, hold. It's me, Scott. I'm almost positive it's going to be me again. Well, in the meantime, I'll tell you some story about Scott yeah, Stantis. Tell us, tell us a story He's, about uh, Scott. Uh, he came into the Lago on more than one occasion. And uh, in fact, I think has been to my. Oh, I hear him now. 
There he is. Oh, is that? Yeah. There I am. Oh, uh, see? Go ahead. <laughs> My stretch just ended. <laughs> no, no, no. He came into Cablago, yes. <laughs> he and his uh, wife are regulars at the Lago, and... Uh, political cartooning as far as i'm concerned i think journalism is a terrifyingly dying profession and we need to make journalists heroic again and it's got to start with something like political cartoonists so and uh and uh, broadcast radio progressive talk show hosts i'm just saying that too <laughs> <laughs> there are few yeah, no, um yeah actually club lago is one of the first places i ever went to when we moved to when i moved to chicago how did you so, so you weren't i mean club lago is a great neighborhood joint but it wasn't in your neighborhood that we like wandering around and just found yeah where'd you find us look, see i look sad no uh actually a mutual friend scotty perry who is one of the ex-wives of jeff mcnelly he has he had several the great cartoonist and she introduced herself like walked into my office. I'm not sure how she got through security, but at the Tribune Tower and she just said, I'm, let's go to dinner. I'm like, oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> and, we, and she said, that this great joint, we ended up at Club Lago and um, met the brothers Nardini, Guido and uh, Giancarlo. They're Italian. No. Yeah. He does I'm not sorry, know, the cat's out of the bag. I believe he does not know my friend Guido Visconti. Do you know the Viscontis of uh, the Northwest? Oh, maybe you did. I don't. No? Okay. But there aren't a whole lot of guys who have first name Guido. Guido Visconti. I believe he's a pilot now. All right. Yeah. So I, I maybe kiss I... him and spin the bottle. I'm sorry. What? Oh, ooh, wait. <laughs> yeah, that might be a more interesting story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Record scratch. <laughs> what? There were only five boys in my grades in my class. We had 17 kids and five boys. So it was it, it was uh, it was more like taking your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Four boys and one Guido. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Four boys. <laughs> and Guido made the rounds, let me just tell you. Anyway, yeah? what were you going to say, Scott? I apologize for it. No, I don't, I don't know how I can top that. I can't. <laughs> I can just say that. Uh, no, I mean, here's the thing. Guido and I agree on, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of what the word. Nothing. That's not true at all. That's not true at all because our conversation we just had about the school board of Elmhurst, uh, where they are trying to shove. Yeah. So I mean, Guido, will you tell Scott he's not really a conservative? Uh, Scott, you're not really a conservative. Yeah. So he's known you longer than I have. Yeah. What What? I was going to say (laughs) is that I would still vote for for Guido every day and twice on Sunday because I know him. I know the family. I, I mean, it just I would. Yeah, trust them with my government. Yeah, I don't know about a conservative saying, telling a progressive audience that they would vote for you is going to help you, Guido. <laughs> Scott's a reasonable fella. He His is. wife is a reasonable fella. On yes. my best days, I'm a reasonable fella. There you go. Well, and, and let's talk about that then. It's not really, you are, I would say you are, a, you, you in your heart believe you're conservative when it comes to, I guess, fiscal conservatism. Fiscal, fiscal issues, yes. yeah, but on social stuff, no. So, So the, it's not really conservatives now that we're even talking about. We're talking about right-wing extremists. When we talk about yeah. someone saying that we need to eradicate transgenderism, uh, which makes me just want to go screaming into the night, uh, we're, we're not talking about people like you that that we're, looking, we're talking that. about a place like Florida where the governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, wants to criminalize free speech. Right. I don't know. I used to live in America. It was a nice place. It was a great idea while it lasted. <laughs> he just came to Elmhurst, by the way. Yeah. If you remember that uh, thing that Did happened last week. I, by the grace of God, was my wife, uh, my 50th birthday present was a trip to Quebec City, and it was fantastic. And it was the same weekend that uh, 
Ron DeSantis came to the Knights of Columbus in Elmhurst. And I mean, I love those guys. I, I, the Knights of Columbus, yeah. I went to high school with Rocky Ravello and his late brother Dan, who are Rocky runs the Knights of Columbus. But I'm very glad that I wasn't in Elmhurst when Ron DeSantis was on York Road. Yikes. <laughs> okay, so wait a minute. I could just stop just a second. Rocky. Guido. Right? <laughs> the Ravellos, man. What is the Italian population in Elmhurst? Significant? There are there are some. Uh, there are some. There are a bunch of Irish. There are a bunch of Italians. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there, there's, a good, there's a good troop. I, I, I got to believe that there's some people who are like, I want an alderman named Guido. <laughs> I, I've been saying that. For the first time in 50 years, I've been able to traffic on my goofy name. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, you, you got to tell me, because I noticed that on your Facebook page this weekend, you guys had a bunch of uh, young youngins going out and campaigning for you. I want a Team Guido t-shirt. Scott, I got to come up with another round of uh, silk screening. That was, uh, I'm not running for alderman in Chicago. Our budget... I'm about $500 into this affair, and I'm hoping that uh, donations... I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so I've gotten a whole bunch of donations. Sure. But, you know, I mean, this is small ball affair. I mean, that, that school board thing is probably going to be... The bigger thing. Orders of magnitude more expensive. But, Scott, I will find a T-shirt for you somewhere. We'll make another... Uh, uh, Batch of them. Even yeah. if, even if I have to Spe- draw it myself, I'm just gonna I get a marker and a white shirt and make that happen. Or just Team a, Guido. Or just a bumper sticker. There yeah, you go. Team Guido. It's so perfect. It's such a. <laughs> it's fantastic. It really is. How much did you spend, Patty? May I ask on your campaign? On my campaign, we raised one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and we. <laughs> it was a state rep race. I know. Not that, but so, uh, but seven hundred over seven hundred fifty thousand was spent against me. By the way, uh, yeah, because there was a spoiler candidate that was lured into the race as well. I know that too. But yeah, I cannot. The, the, I mean, I have a coffer of about four thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's tw- I, I've told candidates it's two hours a day on the phone. It's emails. It's like I remember at the end of a quarter we were on the phone from ten a.m. until uh, you know people told me it's too late to call them all day. Uh, we, and then that day we raised over I would say about ten thousand dollars between phone calls and uh, I know sometimes I think about it I'm like I really I probably should do some have some sort of business where I ask people for money and, and just <laughs> but yeah. I but I was really driven. I mean I you know in. Jerry will tell you. Jerry was my my right hand man in my campaign, um, and a lot of other wonderful people. Um, but yeah, in the city of Chicago, and in, in races like that, you have to raise the money in order to get the message out there. It is it's different. How much is the? Uh, is it like? It's, obviously, it's a part time job in Elmhurst. Uh, the grand total. I think they should pay us in soup. Um, <laughs> if I am lucky enough to win the office, uh-huh. it is twenty four hundred dollars a year. So I mean it. So you've already spent more than you would earn. Gotcha. It's a service. It's a, it's a service. service. And if anything, uh, it, it's kind of elegant. There, there are seven wards, and each ward has two aldermen, and they're four-year terms, and they're staggered. So it's two years election, two years election. And so that it is such a small stipend kind of incentivizes the fact that nobody's doing this for anything other than wanting, wanting to, help to be involved yeah. in their hometown, in, in the town they live in. 
Do you know how much how much of the? Uh, so I had a friend who had to testify in front of uh, City Hall uh, over uh, various issues, and uh, they were like, "Well, how much do you make?" Because it's a five hundred one five hundred one c three, and they were like, "How much do you make?" And my friend was like, "I I wanted to ask them how much do you make because it's more than I make." Right? So are we gonna play this game? You know, the thing that when I started. Uh, paying attention to Elmhurst politics and and starting really with school board is I would go to those meetings and I would watch these people finger wag and lambast these school board uh, uh, officials who are volunteers. They're volunteers. And they give, uh, I mean, a crazy amount of time. They're volunteers and then they get assaulted by verbally yeah. verbally sure verbally but, but but the threat is often there as well there's there's the possibility yeah. of worse let's say they get berated verbally yeah and i mean that's a thankless service it really is. We need to take a break here. We're hanging out with Guido Nardini. He's running for the alderman of the 6th Ward of Elmhurst. Scott Stantis joins us online as well. He is the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News. You can find his work at gocomics.com, as well as a center clip where I just uh, posted a, a rambling rant uh, that apparently I should probably be doing more off. I mean, if I don't edit, I'll just, I may just have to do mental dumps verbally and because I feel bad. Yeah. I, I'm a perfectionist and I also have imposter syndrome sometimes so i'm like oh, my my opinion doesn't matter even though i do it here for two hours a night <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, was just, that's your job description my god i don't know it's just like it's because i i don't know what it is we'll have to work through it but i i, I will i have to commit to at least four a week i know so center clip uh we are on twitter i'm sure that they've already retweeted my stammering stumbling sure uh stuttering mess of a uh, clip but there it is what was I, it about it was about the uh about the guy at CPAC who said we have to eradicate transgenderism. Oh. Yeah, so it's gross. Let's take a break here. We'll continue our conversation with Guido and Scott when we come back. WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Don't forget to text Tomotio. I will take incorrect spellings as well for your chance to win a gift pack from Sam's Famous Salsa. More after this on WCPT. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. So excited to hang out in studio with Guido Nardini. He's running for the uh, aldermanic seat of the 6th Ward in Elmhurst. Joining us on the line is Scott Stantis, who said, hey, my friend Guido is running. You remember him from Club Lago, which I do, because I, I used to run in there and watch some of the Blackhawks games with Scott. And uh, um, I think, do we have, when we were there, was it Limoncello? What did we have one time? It was something special. Uh, Scott, yes? A lot of, a lot of nights are very blurry. <laughs> that, of, of I remember Club being, Lago, but I remember, yeah. I remember there being good martinis. All those things. Yes. Especially yes. if they were Blackhawks playoff nights, they get blurry. Yeah, they get a little bit blurry. Yeah, very, yeah. Off the air, uh, Guido is about to tell us that, and he told us on the air that uh, when uh, De- Governor DeSantis came through Elmhurst to the Knights of Columbus, uh, he happened to be in Quebec with his wife. And uh, t- I- I've always wanted to go to Quebec. It's one of my uh, it's one of my bucket list places. So it's gorgeous. It's a European small town, old, really cool and uh, my wife is reading, and I, I don't remember the series. There's a there's a detective series that takes place in small town Quebec, and okay. she fell in love with the series, and then with Quebec because of it. And so we went. And what Scott and I were talking about, he was just showing off the jersey that he has in his office, and 
I wore this old Quebec Nordique sweater oh. all oh. throughout Quebec City. And, you know, I mean, that makes me pretty much a, a local. I was I was pretty much, oh, you know, amongst I, I was Quebecois for, for the weekend. <laughs> it, it was really funny. Like, I, I, you know, I don't speak French and uh, oh. they well, really, they don't speak French either. But that's another <laughs> argument altogether. <laughs> but, but like uh, everybody identified with this uh, Quebec Nordique sweater, I really thought that it, it bought me a whole lot of goodwill because otherwise nobody could understand me. <laughs> You speak French, Scott? Uh, um, uh, my, 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 my grandparents are uh, French, so a little bit. I understand more than I speak. And oh. I speak my, my, my pronunciation. But it's funny that he mentions the Canadians not speaking real French. My, my grandmothers were both. One was from Charlton, and the other one was from Paris. And they would both hear a Cana- French Canadian speaking. They go, poof. That is not French. <laughs> we, we got to talking to uh, a couple, a uh, French-Canadian woman and a French man, just making conversation, uh, and they were really nice, and we were both without our kids on a little weekend getaway, and we got to talking about French, and it was great to watch his eyes widen as he started berating his wife's <laughs> friends. And, you know, she she puts her armor on and disagrees. But, yeah, there's there's obviously a thing there. I know in my penny ante Spanish that I use at work that there's a great, great difference between Mexican Spanish, Spanish Spanish, Ecuadorian Spanish, you know. Um, Cuban Spanish. Totally. Very different. And so to hear that about French, uh, I, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, no, it's amazing. We just we work very hard at finding reasons to hate each other. <laughs> so why not peg it to pronunciation? Totally. You know, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's as good as anything. So were you in Quebec City or were you in Montreal? We were in Quebec City. And then uh, we did the drive to uh, the Ice Hotel, which was really cool. Um, did you stay? Yeah, it's like... <gasps> 40 minutes outside of uh, Quebec City. And it's, it, I mean, it's remarkable. It's a slab. Uh, it, it's a building, a one-story building constructed of slabs of ice. And you are sleeping on a raised slab of ice oh and then God. an air mattress and then a four-season uh, four sleeping bag. So really, I mean... <laughs> It's not once you're in a four sleeping four season sleeping bag, you could be in the middle of Antarctica, but it was so cool. It was so cool. Sounds like a sleepwalker's nightmare, by the way. I that would for if I I'm a sleepwalker, it would I mean to wake up like like suspended on ice, be, it would freak me out. Yeah, that would be insane. It was I my, gotta I'm, are there bathrooms? I mean I'm assuming there are bathrooms. There aren't. Are there, there aren't. So, so, Excuse me? Yeah. So, I mean, of course there are, but you have to get out of the sleeping bag, get out of the ice hotel and walk into the real hotel to wow. use. And, in fact, there's a waiver that says you can't pee in the snow in the ice room. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> totally. Destabilizes totally. the I mean, entire structure. Yeah. We're Americans, for crying That's out loud. Right. They, need us, they need us to sign that waiver. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, my God. I, I want to go to oh there. It was, well, I it was want awesome. to, but I don't. Being an older older gentleman, I would I have to use the restroom a few times a night. And I just would. No, I don't want to go to the Ice Hotel. I want to go to Quebec, and I want to see the Ice Hotel. But I'm not going to stay yes. at the Ice Hotel. Yes. I would just want martinis all night. I'd be like, can we just chip this thing? Can I just, what do I need here? <laughs> 
they serve the martinis in a big block of ice. No, come on. Totally. Okay, I gotta go there. I want to go to there. Let's let's make that happen. I do have a text. I have a text, by the way, uh, from. Hold on, I said from Larry. Hey, Patty, I'm jealous of Guido's name. Unmistakable Italian last and first name. My math is the more syllables of an Italian last name, the more they are Italian. <laughs> Nardini, three syllables. Any relation to the Highwood Highland Park Nardinis? Why funny you should say that, Larry. No, no relation to those uh, <laughs> Nardinis. However, yes. I have been, I know of that Nardini family in the same way that you're asking about them. I've never met them. But I know they exist because everybody asks me, we're the, we're the Elmhurst Nardinis. <laughs> and I don't know the Highwood uh, Nardinis, but I know of them. I feel like, isn't the woman who owns uh, the pizza joint over on Lawrence a Nardini? Um, Marie's? Marie's, thank you. No. No, okay, never mind that. Um, I don't remember <laughs> her last he name. Why did say Marie's if... It wasn't that one. Because okay. I, I lived on. right around the corner from that place. I oh, love that place. Isn't it amazing? Love that place. Did I never take you to uh, Marie's during the Cubs the Cubs thing? That was where we spent every... We watched all the game, the World Series there. Every time I decorate the Lago for Christmas, I think about Butch, Butch's, and Marie's because they have the most gaudy, awesome, yes. fantastic yes. Christmas decorations yeah. every year. Yes. I agree. Oh, by the way, speaking of restaurants that we love, uh, Scott, Jerry and I last night went to a new restaurant that just opened in Park Ridge, opened by our very wonderful oh, former yay. owner of uh, of Knife and Tine. She's opened Patina Wine Bar in Park Ridge, and it was it's fabulous. So good. It's over by there. Next time I'm up in Chicago, yes. we got to go. Yes. And guess what they had? You know I had to have it. They had a charcuterie board, and you get to choose your your cheeses and meats. And yeah, I I mean, poor poor Jerry was like, could uh, can I just have that piece of no? I'm not going to have that piece of meat. All right, then I'm just. <laughs> no, I would like no, to do not get between Patty and a charcuterie board. Just saying. <laughs> I want to interject as an Italian. Yes, there's salumi. Okay, folks, it's charcuterie. Salumi. You know all the French. The all of the good meats and yes. all of the good cheeses are Italian. It's a a salumi board. I think that's, that's you're like getting accurate. Yes. mortadella. You're getting prosciutto. You're getting salami. You're getting capicola. Yes. You're getting probably a pecorino. Yes. Maybe, maybe a brie. Maybe a brie. But mm. otherwise, all the cheeses are Italian. So it's a salumi board. The charcuterie thing. First of all, I can't even spell it. Salumi. Salumi. I, it's taken me a long time to pronounce it. Charcuterie. Just like an Adirondack chair. Uh, salumi. All right. I'll, I will go in and I will tell her I want a salumi board, just so we all know. Do you have a salumi board at the uh, at no. the Club Lago? All right, then. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to do then? <laughs> I am going to have to demand a salumi board at uh, Club Lago. That's all right. No, the lasagna is ridiculous. Uh, just, I mean, what's your favorite thing at Club Lago, Scott? Uh, I get the uh, veal sassy. <laughs> Cause gonna, is it has a pronounced? slab of meat. I go, not so sassy now, are you? Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you, that's how it's pronounced. Sassy, sassy. Sassy. I mean, sa- sassy. In Chicago, sassy. And they um, have one of my favorite beers of, of all time. What's your favorite beer Three of all time? Heart, two-hearted. Two-hearted. Indeed. All right, then. It is a great IPA. It's he, so strong. We're it sending, your tongue out. We're sending him home with some uh, Monaco Brewing uh, choice. Oh, yes. Choice, yes. Not for nothing, but we've already started. 
<laughs> Scott knows. Scott knows that that's, uh, that was. Scott's like, wait a minute. Why am I, when are you coming back in town, Scott? Am I on the air? Have to come back. Am sooner, I still on the air? I was hanging out with my friends, talking and stuff about Quebec and salami boards. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, when are you back in town, Scott? I don't know yet. We're, we're making plans. We're, I'm doing a lot of traveling. I'm flying to Dallas in a week and a half, and then I'm, I literally come back to Birmingham for a night, and then we're flying out to L.A. where I'm officiating my nephew's wedding, and then we're awesome. going to Arizona for a vacation. Ooh. Nice. Coming back here, and then we're also planning a trip out to Utah because my son and his wife are living in Salt Lake City currently. And, um, <laughs> Let's take a break here know. and see how that's going. We're hanging out in studio <laughs> with Guido Nardini. I don't know if he's supposed to be home already serving dinner, but he's. I'm, I'm keeping him. We've locked the door, and uh, we're opening up some more Monaco Brewing for him. Uh, progressive beers available in the Chicagoland area. If you go to the Patty V Show page, you can find out where you can pick up your own progressive brews. And uh, we'll take a break here and continue our conversation with Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. And Guido Nardini is running for the sixth ward aldermanic seat in Elmhurst. Uh, and it's not an easy thing to do. Um, and he's doing it for all the right reasons. More after this on Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Over the weekend, uh, the I don't even know what the I, I don't I, I don't know what CPAC what their intentions were. I never heard of CPAC until Trump. The first time I was ever aware of it uh, was when Trump came out and hugged and humped the American flag. I believe that was at a CPAC. I mean, yeah, seriously, yeah, yeah. for people who like got mad at, at football players for kneeling, uh, this guy like just grabbed it by the grabbed the flag. <laughs> he did. You're right. You're not. He, you're not he, wrong. And he grabbed it and said she was asking for it. Uh, we're on the line with uh, Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. In studio with me is Guido Nardini. He is the owner of Club Lago, and he is running for the alderman of the 6th Ward of Elmhurst. And uh, we're excited to have him in studio. So so CPAC happens over the uh, over the last few yeah. days. Oh, my yeah. God. By the way, did you see, Guido, did you watch any of the footage of, like, nobody in any of those seats? Yes. For, for miles. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a yeah. lot of time on uh, uh, C-SPAN playing Spider Solitaire and watching C- uh, CPAC <laughs> over the last two days. Wait, C-SPAN was running CPAC? Yep. Why? Why would they carry that? It's not governmental. He's a for. I mean, like, okay. It's still, it's still, it used to be, here's the thing, uh, the history of CPAC was it was, it was kind of important back in the day when you had conservatives who actually thought these things through Mm -hmm. and actually were, you know, the economics of it. And so it was, it, it was a fascinating thing to watch. And then all of a sudden this orange faced thing shows up and they've lost all credibility by far because they, you know, it's become a cult. And so yeah. you just have these guys. And, and then they start saying things like, you know, we need to, I mean, about the transgender, we need to effectively say we need to have a genocide against transgender yeah. people, which, um, you know, I, I would oppose. Uh, Thank <laughs> you. I think. Well, appreciate it. Duly noted. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. 
I'm, I'm, I'm anti-genocide. Can, can we just say that gender, I mean, like all the things that you attach to gender is all a, a creation. It's all deciding, like, who decides that women wear dresses and men wear pants or makeup or wear nail polish or have different physical attributes that are, are attractive or are sexual. I'm like, I can't even, like, I just, it's too much. And that they want to they wanna eliminate gender dysmorphia um, treatment and care for kids in Florida. Like the, the governor, did you see that the governor is also demanding that schools, like if anyone comes to uh, one of the health centers and asks for help, they need to be documented and sent to the state for information. Like what? To, this goes to the eradication yeah, that, part. Is like basically putting a star on them. Yeah, no, no, it is absolutely. Here's the thing, CPAC. I mean, there's always there's always a fight in conservative circles between uh, neocons and libertarians, right? It was they always had that, and um, I, I went on the libertarian side, which is I don't want government telling me who or what I can do with my with any with my body or anything else. And all of a sudden, you have a, a CPAC, which is all about telling people, you know, they 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 spout. The verbiage that they believe in personal freedom, and they don't. They they want, and you look at DeSantis in Florida, and the stuff that he is proposing down there is chilling. I mean, I'm a First Amendment absolutist. I think you should have, you know, idiots should be allowed to talk, so I know who the idiots yes. are. Yes, I want to know where they are. I want, yeah. yeah. Well, but but on the other hand, wouldn't you say, Guido, that before Trump, at least people who wanted to say those things had some shame, and they were afraid to say them out loud, yeah. and they're emboldened now. Yes, and uh, conservatism, if you're for small government and if you're for personal liberty, that's not the MAGA Mm-mm. conservative. No. no. How is it? Yeah. No. I, I've got, I mean, I, we need Republicans. We need, we need uh, an opposition, we need two parties that vigorously disagree with one another and then get together and have a beer. I think something has gone over the into the deep end um, and has gotten ugly. Yeah, yeah, I don't Agreed. know. And I can't, I mean, we've, we've, and we don't have actually talked about this uh, at Lago, and um, I don't know. I don't know how to put this because I sound like a moron when I say this, but I don't know how this happened. Now, you, Patty, have, have you know, we've had this debate. For, we've known each other for a long time now. Yes. No, I know. And you, were, and you talked about the, the racism. And I said, no, and the hatred. not all of them. Yeah. And, the, yeah, and just the spite. And the, I mean, I don't, I'm not that angry. Uh, and, but they, it's not all of them. It's not all. There are real Republicans. There are real bona fide, well, legitimate sure, conservatives. They yeah. don't get we coverage, need and they certainly don't get the. They certainly don't have the voice. Well, we uh, need them. We need them. Yeah, you know. Well, but they can't win. They don't win. And, and Guido, the thing correct. is, they don't win yes. in primaries. They can't. You get the nutbags who win the primaries. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, and if you don't, here, let me, a quick story. I really, and by the way, I, I don't. You guys are already my friends, so I don't really have to suck up. But I'm going to anyway. <laughs> I really, really, really respect the fact that people, good people, running for office, win or lose, you guys are doing exactly what you should be doing. And I'm, I'm, I, I am a jealous because I'd like to do it myself. Here's why I'm not. I was approached to run for a, a, a state, um, a state representative seat here in Alabama. And I was still working at the Tribune, and I was still very happy up in Chicago, so I couldn't do it. I came back here. This is a matter of four and a half years. I came back here and said, okay, I think I'd like to run for that seat. It's going to become vacant. I'd like to run. 
speaking to a couple of consultants who I really respect, they said, can you out-Trump the opposition? Oh, my God. And I'm like, I cannot. <laughs> and I will not. Uh, and they said, well, then you will not win. Wow. So that's where the Republican Party is and, and, and how the, the whole. I feel a little out of my depth with local stuff in my world in Elmhurst. Mm-hmm. None of this matters. None of none right. of this is going on. This we're dealing with pretty block and tackle, matter of fact, budget, pensioning, taking care of streets and stormwater issues. I need the Republican Party to come back to their roots. Which are what, what are the roots, Scott? What would you say? Well, I'd say well, I agree with him. I think fiscal conservatism, um, you know, trying to get cut back regulations that seem, seem onerous and get in the way of people trying to succeed. Um, you know, it's pretty basic that stuff. It's this, but it's a social agenda. It's the it's the uh, culture war crap that we are you know wading through, and it's insane. And it, I don't think it, it. In my view, and the way I was raised, and the way I was raised in politics, that really had no place in politics. It was. It, that's why I'm so flummoxed. But like I said, Pat, my friend Patty, right again. Sorry. <laughs> I know. No, I am sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. It breaks my heart. I watched CPAC, which used to be pretty amazing, pretty interesting to watch. I mean, because you had some smart people voicing forcefully, full thro- full-throated uh, supportive ideas and ideals. And now you've got, you know, I would carry <laughs> Donald Trump's child to term. And that's usually wow. Bannon saying that. Well, okay. <laughs> so let me ask you this. And so Guido and I, will, I think, both are wondering uh, from your point of view. And I, I've had some uh, former libertarians and conservatives call the show and tell us why they used to be uh, conservatives. But how, I mean, is it, what? what's going to make the shift away from, I'm sorry, but authoritarianism and fascism? What is going to make that shift? I mean, like, what's going to like break through this sort of groupthink, this mob mentality that led us to situations like the Tiki Torch people, and yeah. I mean, you know, gunning people down in synagogues. I mean, like that—that's the ultimate manifestation of this hatred. Unfortunately, the shooting in Colorado at a a bar that had drag events. Uh, what what is what you know locations where there are more black people at a grocery store or immigrants at a Walmart? Like what? How do we stem this? I try to have some semblance of optimism, and I just, with that question, mm-hmm. it breaks my heart. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, quite honestly, I don't see how it changes anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. As long as it keeps winning elections, mm-hmm. first of all, don't forget that's it. That's power. That's what they want. Yeah. First. That's what politicians want first right. is power. And, and so that's how – and if it means that you have to talk about how white people, the white male in America has really been is downtrodden and been really abused, which is hilarious, um, it, it, it's a winning – I used to think – and by used to, I mean six months ago – that if Donald Trump dropped dead, it would be the end of it. I think it's ensconced now. Yeah. They see it as their winning formula. Uh, it's George Wallace. I mean, George. It's George Wallace. One is what is, is what's happening, and um, 
I I I, I really mourn the lo- the loss and the death because like with Guido, I mean I've in, I've t- mentioned this on your show before. I want a vibrant, active Democratic Party. I want down, here in Alabama there isn't one. I mean right. it's, it's as marginalized as the Republicans are in Illinois, and I think both. Um, both of those Republicans aren't marginalized out. outside of the Chicagoland area, but go ahead, Guido. Let me push back on the thought that um, you thought if Donald Trump died tomorrow, it would go away. <clears throat> I don't wish death on anybody, but when he claimed that the election was stolen, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was actually part of a conversation. Like people believed it because he was the president. Right now, Kerry Lake in Arizona is making that same argument, and there's no there there. Nobody cares. Nobody's paying any attention. She's as vociferous about her false claim of election fraud Mm -hmm. as Trump was, but Trump was the president of the United States. That's a pretty big bully pulpit. So I'd like to think that the fever dream that is... Trumpism can only go as far as the height of the office, meaning that in Arizona, it's come and gone. However crazy she wants to make her claim, nobody cares. The only thing I would say about that, so we have a friend, uh, Jessica Piper, out of Missouri. She's the dirt road Democrat, and she ran for office in a state that uh, most of the Republican office holders often go unchallenged. And uh, she would go door to door, and what she was told, and this is, there's a book called Strangers in Their Own Land, and this is about conservatives, uh, you know, in like Texas and Arkansas. Um, they would tell her, I'm a Christian, I can't vote for Democrats. And so there's almost this like crusade mentality. I know, Scott, I'm just saying, right. But but that's in so many parts of the country because um, Fox News and Republicans have been banging the drum of Democrats are murderers, they're Marxists, they're commies, they're pinkos and they're groomers. They're going to take your guns. Yeah, all those things. And so there's not I don't know how you I don't know how you claw that back, Guido. Um, I mean, I get that. I feel as though Trump is just the manifestation of this frenzy, this desire to sort of elevate uh, white Christo nationalism, fascism. I'm sorry. It just is. Yeah. Uh, I I, the thing is, it's also out of the box. The uh, the the dog whistles now are not dog whistles anymore. uh -uh. They're just saying what they believe. And that's um, I I don't know how you combat that. I do think that you have um, you're going to see nationally they're going to lose. I mean, just I I just cannot fathom how a candidacy like this can win. But you know, I I was wrong before. In fact, Guido, I was so wrong I had to get waxed on the air. Yeah, he had to get. uh, (laughs) I bet him several times. He still has not played his uh, high school flute in his high school football uniform. Wait. Waxed like his body was waxed? Correct. I believe it was one thigh and one armpit. Uh, that was Esmeralda's idea was to... Yeah, yes, my it, back. His back and a nose, nose and your nose hairs, yes. Yeah, I love my country, but 
I might want to have a horrible election occur again just so I could see Sky get waxed on the air. I don't know. It was before we were doing Facebook Live video, too, because it was like, it was 2016. It was 2016. So don't, there must be video somewhere. I know there's definitely audio of you getting waxed. <laughs> yes. Sky, the, yes. That's enough. We had a, we had a whimpering. A, we had an esthetician come in the studio. Yes, it was it was delightful. Let me take a break here. Uh, Brian and Juliet wants to talk about the mayor's race. We were talking about Paul Vallis uh, in the first half hour, Scott. So if you want to turn your attention yeah. to uh, to the oh, mayoral yeah. race with Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis, we'll continue the conversation in the studio with me. Guido Nardini running for the 6th Ward aldermanic seat of Elmhurst. Scott Stantis joins us from Alabama. He is the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune, as well as the Daily Morning News. You can find all of his work at gocomics.com, as well as Center Clip, where apparently I've been yeah, just, just not holding up my you end You posted. I did. I posted today. I do it four times a week. Yeah. I know. Quinn's been nice. More in a moment on WC. Is that his name? Was <laughs> yeah. His, yeah. yeah, good for you. Thank you. I just don't send him anything. More in a moment on WCPTA20. <laughs> Domotio, by the way, is the uh, word to text for your chance to win a gift pack from Sam's Famous Salsa, 773-763-9278. Domotio. I'll take incorrect spellings as well. We're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are in studio with Guido Nardini. He's running for alderman of the 6th Ward in Elmhurst. And on the line with us is Scott Stantis, the cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. And Brian wants to join the conversation. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind, my friend? Well, uh, good evening. And I, uh, uh, first, if I may, really quick, I want to thank, if he's listening out there, Roosevelt for the song. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and I have a couple uh, one uh, protest song like Steppenwolf, Don't Empty Out the Store, probably 1969. And uh, another one uh, from uh, the great Carlos Santana from the Supernatural album, uh, I think 1999, Maria Maria. And I would uh, suggest you check those songs out. They're great songs. Okay. And I wanted to say about... Uh, uh, towards the end of the of the uh, 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 the uh, race, uh, 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 Mayor Lightfoot uh, referred to uh, Brandon Johnson and his followers as uh, <clears throat> a bunch of radicals, and uh, she was using that in a pejorative, kind of hurt my feelings. Uh, the word radical, though, uh, if you look it up in a dictionary or a thesaurus, also means someone who gets to the root or the root of a problem. And that's what Brandon Johnson does. He gets to the root of why there's crime and a, and a whole host of other issues like homelessness, uh, how to get better education, so on and so forth. It seems to me that uh, Paul Vallis just wants to deal with uh, symptoms. Uh, mm -hmm. like his only solution is to put a police officer on every block. 
Uh, and that's uh, just what I wanted to express. Appreciate that, Brian. I'm 100% behind Brandon Johnson. Thank you for that. I appreciate it, Brian. Have a great night. Let's talk about this. So, uh, I there. I mean, there is something to uh, folks wanting to address what's in front of them rather than like how it happened. Wouldn't you say, Scott? For the most part, we don't. You know, I, I had this conversation almost ten years ago when there were there were fights breaking out at North Avenue Beach because people had invited uh, a bunch of p- folks for a barbecue before the beaches were even open. And the, every summer then, since then, cops have had to be called down North Avenue Beach and they shut the beach down. And I asked a cop, I said, now imagine if 10 years ago when we knew this is a problem, we had gone into the communities and started programs like here's what we can do for the summer and how we get kids involved. I mean, like t- we had 10 years to circumvent this problem and say, okay, we know this is happening every summer now. And let's do something to invest in that. And that's where I think people are looking to Brandon Johnson rather than send the cops on there to knock some heads around. I'm just saying. Right. Well, um, if you could mute the um, oh, yes. Zoom, because I'm, I'm, it's reverbing. You sound like the voice of God. As I should, God. As I should. Uh, but, but Valance is running, and we were talking off the air. I have my suspicions that uh, either something – some of the conservative groups in Illinois are involved in this campaign, just the verbiage he's been using. Uh, it's a simple solution to say, let's put a cop on every corner – problem with that is it's also not sustainable it's expensive and uh and it it it, it doesn't work in long term so yeah i think you have to have a holistic approach to all of these issues now johnson um i think if he if he was running in a different time he would be a, a much stronger candidate but i really do think that the crime issue particularly is going to resonate with a lot of the voters and vallis seems to have kind of um tapped that. into that yeah I agree. Tapped into that. And that's um, which is weird because he's not. I mean, you know, this is a guy who's running as a Democrat for governor. He's, he was a running mate with Pat Quinn. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's got some serious Democrat Party bona fides. So uh, to call him a Republican is, is it might be absurd. But uh, like I said, I'm hearing some things and some of the verbiage he's using kind of makes me go, huh. Interesting. Uh, before we we have to run, we've only got about a, about um, okay. about oh, less than two minutes left. So, in your words, why do you endorse Guido Nardini for Alderman of the Sixth Ward of Elmhurst? Let's hear it, Scott Stantis. <laughs> because um, born and raised in Elmhurst, he moved back there, um, lived away for a little while, moved back. He loves that city, and more. I mean, he's a good conscientious man who loves his like i said loves elmhurst he's a i i mentioned this earlier i try to convince good people to run for office because a lot of times they don't and we're stuck with ungood people guido nardini is a good person who will be an excellent councilman guido uh, i would vote and i would vote for him yeah, like I said, every day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> I'm driving down right now to give you a hug. Oh, so thanks, we, Scott. We, thanks we, a lot. We, thanks your, a lot, Scott. Your, your final words uh, today uh, in your candidacy of, as the alderman for the sixth board of Elmhurst. I feel like this is a closing statement. Um, I grew up in Elmhurst. I want to be an adult in Elmhurst and make sure that I have a small part in its 21st century. If I'm lucky, I would make it better or worse, or I'll put it this way bluntly. If bad decisions get made in Elmhurst in the 21st century, or at least if I'm lucky in the next four years, I know who I can blame. 
<laughs> I'd love you guys to vote for me. Thanks. <laughs> We'd love to have you back before the election. It's April 4th. Go to guidonardini.com. And don't forget, text Tomotillo tonight for your chance, right now, for your chance to win a gift pack from Sam's Famous Salsa. Sam will be in studio with me and Carmen Navarro-Jacone. Tomorrow we'll be testing some of his wonderful salsa. It's uh, We're going to be having lucky winners every single day with a six-pack of salsa and chips, as long as a, as well as a Sam's Famous Salsa canvas bag and sunglasses. Make your March Madness a slam dunk when you order the freshest-tasting low-sodium salsa on the planet. Visit samsfamoussalsa.com. Scott, have a great night. Thank you so much for joining us. And Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for introducing me on the air with uh, with Guido Nardini. Appreciate it, Guido. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your evening. I know your family's waiting for dinner, so I'll let you go. Thanks, both of you. Thanks, Scott. Bye, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks, Thank you. Matt. Mike Kreutz up next. Thanks, Matt, and uh, everyone here at WCPT.